Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for the Anything Goes Hour with Stu Breyer. Kim, we're going to talk about a very important health issue and one that we haven't really touched on in this program, in osteoporosis, and uh, we've got the right person for it. Claire Gill is here, Chief Executive Officer of Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation. Hi, Claire. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Stu. Thanks so much for having me. It is a pleasure. I think we start off our, our little chat with the definition of osteoporosis. Sure. Osteoporosis actually means porous bones. So osteoporosis is a disease that happens when your bones become weaker and more likely to break. And fractures, broken bones, are one of the most serious outcomes of osteoporosis. Is it something that uh, everybody gets a form of it when we get older, or there are other factors? No. Yeah, that's something that, you know, is one of the myths about osteoporosis. Um, it, it does happen as we age a little bit more frequently um, because we are losing estrogen if we're women at menopause, which lowers our bone density. And for men, it happens a little later, closer to their 70s. But we should always be able at any age to fall and not break a bone. So if you break a bone from a fall, um, over the age of 50, actually, you should get a bone density test to see if osteoporosis is the underlying cause for why the bone broke. What exactly is a bone density test? What do they do? So the bone density test is really simple. It's non-invasive. You lie on a table, fully clothed, and the machine moves across your body, and it's very, very, very low radiation, and it takes a look at your bones in a couple of different sections, your hip, your forearm, um, et cetera, and then it gives you what's called a T-score. And the T-score is comparing your bone density to that of the average healthy 30-year-old. So if you have a bone density score that's zero or above, then your bone is completely healthy. If you have a negative to one negative to negative 2.4 that's what we call low bone density or osteopenia and that means you need to pay closer attention to your bones to make sure that you don't develop osteoporosis and a t-score of negative 2.5 and below is osteoporosis and that's one of the ways that clinicians and healthcare providers diagnose osteoporosis but the newest way is if you've broken a bone from a standing from a fall from a standing height, then you are automatically categorized as osteoporotic. Mm -hmm. So, Claire, if you are definitely uh, diagnosed with osteoporosis, can you reverse it? You can help reverse the downward trajectory of your bone, but there is no cure at this stage. What we try to do is make sure that people are doing everything they can to preserve the bone density that they have. And the good news is there are some new therapies, medical therapies, that help to both slow bone loss and build back bone so that you can avoid those fractures. But um, the most important thing to do is control your diet and your exercise. You need to make sure you're getting enough calcium and vitamin D every day to ensure that your bones have calcium they need to maintain the reproductive cycle that happens in our bone. Bone is actually living tissue, and it breaks down and rebuilds throughout our lives. And calcium and vitamin D, vitamin D helps us absorb the calcium, and then calcium helps the body to rebuild bone 
and regenerate bone. And then weight-bearing exercise, those that are on your feet, that's very important, as well as muscle-strengthening exercise because the muscle protects the bone. So those are the things that we should be doing throughout our lives to maintain our bone health. And if you are diagnosed with osteoporosis, it's critically important that you do those things as well as consider treatment or other things that your clinician might advise. So it'll keep it from hopefully not getting worse. That's exactly right. Yep. So would you ever see a weightlifter with osteoporosis? You know, um, that I was just talking to a patient who took up weightlifting when he was diagnosed with osteoporosis, and he brought his, his C-score back from very low to, you know, mildly low. So I think, uh, I'm not sure, I'm, you know, it depends, again, on other factors, because there are some things that we can't control that are risk factors for osteoporosis. So even if you're bodybuilding, you might still have osteoporosis if you have a family history of it, if you have a small frame, or if you have another medical condition mm-hmm. that actually weakens your bones. Is it something that goes family to family, that it's in the family, or it's uh, depending on just how we uh, have our life and eat and what we do? No, it really is very, very dependent on family history. It's 90% hereditary, so you need to know, you know, did anyone else in your family, your parents, your grandparents, aunts or uncles, did they have osteoporosis? And or do you know that they broke a bone? Uh, in their older years, because they may not have ever been diagnosed. Um, but they, if, they, if you know that, for example, your grandmother or your grandfather broke a hip, then that was more likely that they had osteoporosis, and therefore your chances are good too. That puts you at a higher risk factor, which means your doctor should be able to get you a bone density test to do a baseline and see where you are on your bone density and then be able to monitor you, you know, to make sure, again, that it doesn't progress in you. Now, Claire, we hear about products out there, and I've heard them through the years. Uh, I can't remember the name exactly, Fomasex or something like that. Or um, do, the, do these things really work, or is something you should leave alone? And, you know, it's really um, the things that really help bone are natural things, exercise and a healthy diet. Um, there are a million products on the market these days that talk about um, you know, either supplementation or things that aren't regulated by the FDA. So you have to be really careful and you really have to talk to your doctor about it. The, the newer things on the market tend to be things like um, weighted vests or um, weighted belts that, you know, in healthier adults are a good way to sort of gain some additional um, impact when you're walking or something to kind of continue to do your bones. But it's very... Um, it's very important that if you have osteoporosis, you talk to your doctor before doing any of that because it could be worse than if you did nothing at all by wearing some of these products. So it really is something that you have to talk to your healthcare provider about, but you should be able to maintain your bone health and do good things for your bone just by eating that healthy, well-balanced diet with lots of calcium and vitamin D and doing regular weight-bearing exercise and muscle-strengthening exercise. I think the product I was trying to think of is called Flomax. Am I right about that? Or yeah, uh, yeah. There's some. Well, Fosamax is actually a is actually a medical treatment. It's actually a pharmaceutical treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, but Flomax, that one you're referring to, might be one of the supplement stuff. And as I said, 
I would talk with your health care provider about any supplement that you're considering because there's nothing, um, again, regulated by the FDA or approved FDA specifically for bone. So, Claire, are there medicines that we take that are bad for our bones? Um, smoking <laughs> is bad for your bones, smoking. so that's something to consider. If you're smoking, really? yeah. for a number of reasons, you should stop. <clears throat> um, and there's been some studies that talk about the level of caffeine that people consume that might be detrimental to bone health, but you would have to be consuming a lot. And the same goes for alcohol. Um, the, the statistics are that two to three, more than two to three alcoholic beverages a day are bad for your bone. But I always joke, if you're having more than two or three alcoholic beverages a day, the bones are your least of your worry. Mm -hmm. When you do poorly in a bone density test, would you be apt to get other illnesses because of it? No, not at all. Um, that, again, there's nothing um, invasive well, or worrisome about a bone density I think test. It, I don't think I worded that correctly. In other words, if you fail the bone density test and you have uh, low calcium, does that affect other situations of uh, illness? Yeah. No, actually, calcium is really important to our overall health. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, calcium is one of those things that regulates our um, blood flow. It obviously is important for our teeth and our dental aspect, too, um, temperature regulation. There's lots of things that calcium is important for. So in addition to being critical to bone health, it's good to know what your calcium levels are. And the same goes with vitamin D. Vitamin D is harder to get from your diet. Um, we can get it naturally from the sun, but you'd need to be outside with you know, your full upper body exposed for 20 minutes or more a day to get the level of calcium that our bodies need. So often vitamin D is something that does need supplementation and you can get a blood test that tells you whether or not you are vitamin D deficient. So you'd be, uh, if you are, you'd be most apt to uh, get a vitamin D, vitamin D. Yeah, you just get a vitamin D supplement. Some people, um, myself included, who are, you know, of Northern European uh, descent and uh, very pale, um, you might be even more vitamin D deficient. And in that case, um, your clinician might actually give you an infusion of vitamin D to get you back up to normal levels so that you could just take a supplement then to continue to maintain that. Um, but vitamin D, too, plays a really important part and role in our body for disease prevention in a number of different areas. So it's a good thing to, to know that your vitamin D levels are, um, are optimal. And again, that's a simple blood test that your doctor can do when they're doing your regular blood test. So it's important that when you get your physical, they get a, that in your blood test because uh, I guess you can take too much vitamin D. Is that correct? Yeah, too much of anything is not good for you. Yeah. Um, the, the upper levels of uh, vitamin D safety tend to be um, pretty high. You, the normal healthy adult would only need about 800 IUs, which are international units of vitamin D a day. Um, but people who are vitamin D deficient might need to, to get 2,000 international units a day. So that would vary. And again, that's really dependent on your blood test and it varies from person to person. So you really should get that checked out. With calcium, people over the age of 50 need about 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day. Getting more calcium doesn't do you any good. So that's not a thing you want to, you know, oh, I'm going to get a lot of calcium. No, 
that's not what you want to do, and it also can be um, prohibitive, and that you know you actually start to cause problems mm. from getting too much calcium. That's interesting. I mean, I I was looking at orange juice the other day, and uh, some of them say, and it's calcium in there. Is it? It's probably that's right. They're fortified. Yeah. Well, that's really good for people who can't do dairy or don't mm-hmm. like dairy or are lactose mm-hmm. intolerant. Now there's a lot of. Um, beverages that are fortified with calcium and vitamin D so that you can get those essential nutrients even if you're not drinking dairy. So if I had a a big fat ice cream cone that's good for my calcium? That's exactly right. You can have ice cream and say you're doing good things for your bones. I don't have to feel guilty if I eat too much ice cream. That's (laughs) right. So the diet of people who have osteoporosis, um, they're lacking, what, fruits, vegetables, things like that? or I'm sorry, say that again? So somebody who has osteoporosis, would you say their diet usually, uh, they're, lacking, they're lacking fruits and vegetables and some of those healthy foods? No, not necessarily. We hear from people all the time that say, I've done everything right. I eat a well-balanced diet. I run marathons. Mm-hmm. Why do I have this chronic disease? And again, those are some of the uncontrollable risk factors that you have. You might have a small frame. We build all the bone density we're going to get by the time we're in our late, mid to late 20s. And the rest of our lives is spent just breaking down and building new bones. Well, if you're young as a young child and you don't build to peak bone mass, that's what it's called, the strongest, densest bone your body can have by your mid 20s, well, then you're already starting off a little deficient. And there's a number of reasons that people don't build a beak bone mass. And so there's, you know, again, it's something that really is important throughout our lives. But you have these things like being a woman and going through menopause. Those are things that decrease our bone density. And there's clearly nothing we can do to control that. So it's not something anyone has done wrong. I think that's really important for people to know. This is just something that happens in our bodies and it's, depends on the individual, and again, depends a lot on your family history, there's some things that you can't control about it. So the important thing is to control the things you can control and get support or help for the things that you can't control. And again, if your bone density is low and your risk of fracture is very high, then you might want to seek medical treatment. So what would be the first symptom? Somebody who is stooped over, would that be... uh... You'd say, oh, boy, they have osteoporosis. No, unfortunately, a fracture tends to be the first mm-hmm. sign for somebody that they have osteoporosis. And even then, too, unfortunately, in our country, 80% of people who fall and break a bone due to osteoporosis are never given the follow-up to find out if osteoporosis was the cause. And so we have a lot of education to do within the medical community and within the consumer community. So it's really important for, you know, stories like this that people know bones are something that you have to pay attention to. It can be really very, very debilitating if you break a bone. The statistics for hip fractures are incredibly frightening. In our country, half of all hip fracture patients will end up having to use a cane or an ambulatory device the rest of their lives. 25% 25% die within the first year after a fracture, or like a downward spiral that happens. And the remaining 25% end up going to assisted living or nursing homes. So it is something we really need to pay attention to because we can prevent the fractures. So somebody might say, well, hey, when I was 30 years old, I was in a, had an accident and I, and I broke my arm. And so you can still get a fracture and 
still have good bone, but there's some impact that's going to give you a fracture anyway. Yes. Well, you know, they, the, the rule right now has been, again, a fall from a standing height. So, you know, it's more the, oh, I just tripped on the ice or I, I slipped on the curb or, you know, oh, I tripped over something in the house and then I broke a bone. Any of those, you should not have broken a bone and you should get a bone density test. If you fall from a ladder or you're in a car accident, those are called traumatic fractures. Mm -hmm. And in the past, those have been said to not be related to osteoporosis. However, some new studies are saying that there is correlation and that, again, broken bones shouldn't happen regardless. But I think that still needs to be studied. But right now we're talking about when you fall from a standing height and break a bone for whatever reason. Again, I tripped on black ice. I did whatever... You know, I just tripped over a cord. No, no, no. Those need to be investigated. You should, you should bruise, but you shouldn't break a bone. My granddaughter has celiac disease, and I was just looking at some of this paperwork. Would she be more apt to get osteoporosis because she has yes. a severe case yes. of celiac? Yes. Actually, that is one of those. There are many, many conditions that make you more prone to osteoporosis, and there's a full list of them on our website, which is Bone Health and osteoporosis.org. But as you said, many younger people these days have been diagnosed with celiac, and that is one of, the, you know, um, one of those conditions that can sap calcium from your bones. So she should be uh, monitored. She probably doesn't need a bone density test right now, but as she starts to age, she needs to make sure she's getting calcium and vitamin D, however she can take it, and that she's getting weight-bearing and muscle-strengthening exercises so she builds the strongest mm-hmm. bones she's capable of, and that will help her as she ages. What are some of the other illnesses besides uh, celiac? That, uh, uh, breast cancer survivors, because of the treatment for breast cancer, will likely end up with osteoporosis, and same mm-hmm. with uh, prostate cancer um, survivors. Um, diabetes is connected. Heart disease is connected. Multiple sclerosis. Um, Again, those, um, those uh, GI issues, uh, people with anorexia nervosa or bulimia who've uh, recovered from that will also likely end up with poor bone density. Um, but there are many, many more, unfortunately. Um, so it really is important that when, if you have any condition, you ask your doctor or your healthcare provider, you know, is there any implication on my bone health? due to either this disease or the treatment I'm taking for the disease. So when one gets a physical I, I, and you get your blood work, that should be one of the main things, of checking your vitamin D? Yeah, that would definitely be something that I would recommend. Again, if you are in a, you know, a group of people who might be more inclined to have vitamin D deficiency, um, and that tends to be those of us who live in the Northeast, um, and so that's something to consider. Um, but again, knowing your family history and what um, your particular dietary habits are and what your level of exercise are are the things that you should talk about with your doctor because that's when you can say, oh, if every you know every grandparent or or aunts or uncles or somebody again broke a bone or had osteoporosis, then you need to be monitored earlier than you would if you were uh, a person who was not mm-hmm. prone to the disease or not at higher risk for the disease. Right now, all people who are on Medicare, um, so if you're 65 or older and on Medicare, you can get a bone density test every two years for free. So that's very important to know. Mm -hmm. 
But for many of us, especially women, you need a bone density test before you're 65. So that's something that we're working towards and advocating for that, you know, many women say to me, why didn't I know, you know, at the start of menopause that this was going to happen so I could pay more attention to my bone health? And so that is what we're, we're working towards now is how do we get it so that everybody who is at risk for osteoporosis is able to get a baseline bone density test earlier than waiting till Medicare. And I know people that get those tests and it's, you know, it doesn't hurt you or anything. It's a very simple test. Yeah, super simple. I, I laugh all the time saying, you know, women in particular, we go through mammograms, which are so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and painful. This and, is easy. you know, we do colonoscopies to make sure, mm-hmm. all of us do, to make sure that our, our colons are healthy. And they're, those are, like I said, you know, awkward and uncomfortable, and yet people get them done all the time. And bone density, which is non-invasive, the most simple, easy test you can get, no one gets done. So maybe we should tell people it's uncomfortable and awkward, and then we'd all line up to get it. And maybe they're not even aware of it, and hopefully they will be now, our listening audience, if they are not aware of it. So if I put a giant plate on the dinner table and I filled it with foods that are great for my bones, what would the foods be on the plate? They would be what you would do for every good condition, your heart health, your brain health, et cetera. It would be lean proteins. Mm-hmm. Lots of um, colorful fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. like we said, the rainbow of foods, right? Don't just eat all green vegetables or all white vegetables. You need a, a vibrant group of colors of uh, things. And then um, whole grains, um, things that are important to you, healthy fats. Literally, the things that we know for heart health and all the other good health um, aspects that we are more aware of, those are the same things you need to do. Just make sure that you also get in calcium and vitamin D. Very good. Anything else? I don't want to miss anything because I really haven't done a program on this topic, and it's very important, uh, learning about osteoporosis. Anything else we need to know? Well, no, I think the other thing would be just to remind your listeners that, again, this is a lifelong thing for our bones. So really, from your, your childhood through your older years, you need to pay attention to your bone. And I'd encourage anyone listening to make sure that the children in your lives are getting enough calcium and vitamin D and are doing those things, the playing those games and jump rope and things that are, you know, making us active in childhood to build strong bones. That's really important so that we make sure all young people build to peak bone mass and then have a better chance of avoiding osteoporosis as they age. It's a pleasure speaking with you, Claire. How can, uh, can we... Get a lot of information uh, going somewhere with a list of things to keep all of these things in mind? Yes, please go to bonehealthandosteoporosis.org. That's our website. There's tons of great information on there. Or you can send an email with any specific questions to just info, I-N-F-O, at bonehealthandosteoporosis.org, and someone on our team will be able to respond to your questions directly. Well, that's easy enough. Info at uh, bonehealth. And osteoporosis.org. And osteoporosis.org. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure speaking with you. I'm glad we got to talk. And uh, Thank you so much, Stu. I really appreciate you doing this important topic. And yeah. um, and really, it, it really is amazing that you've shared this with all of your listeners. And I, I hope they'll all take good care of their bones now. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.